Thank you. Let me just place it behind me. If it works. There we go. Um, I just want to praise God because when I, I see the little word, it's just a miracle and it's a blessing. And uh, as I was sitting there and uh, praying and thinking, I was like, I believe the, the gates of heaven are open in this church. And we sing the hands of God on a, on a regular basis. There's miracles, there's babies. When I look around all the babies, um, I just want to praise God for it. And for those of you who are still going through challenges, you're in the right place. God is here and God answers prayers. Keep on praying and keep on believing and God will answer. You will come out of your situation with a great testimony just like the world family. Thank you. Um, so that's what I wanted to share before to start. Um, today I will be speaking on the armor of God, which is the spiritual warfare. So be ready. I don't know why Quincy chose me for this. Maybe because I love martial arts. I love fighting. <laughs> but fighting in the right conditions. Um, and the scripture we choose today was on Ephesians 6, 10 to 20. It was a bit, it's, um, I was about to read it, but... I have a great leader suggested, why don't you pick someone? It's Quincy. Why don't you pick someone to read it for you? And there was like a last minute thing. I was like, who may I choose? Who may I choose? So I decided, Malaika, come and read for me, please. Wait, 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 baby. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his, mighty, and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual force, forces of the in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be, be able to stand your ground. And after you, um, after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in the place. And with your feet fitted and with the readersness that comes from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of the salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit of, on all occasion with kind prayers and requests. With this mind, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me, so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Keep it, keep it. I think we can end it there.
and go home and we are blessed. Uh, let's pray. Lord Almighty, we just want to thank you for your beautiful word. Your word is so powerful. When Ezra is read it by little children, by old people, by young ones, Lord, you still have the same impact because you are behind your word. And we're asking for your presence and for your guidance at this moment so we receive whatever you want to give us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, uh, recently, not recently, lately, I watched a movie. It's on the, um, the title of the movie is Usual Suspect. And there's a quote in that movie that came back to my mind as I was preparing for this preaching. And it says, maybe you heard it in different places, but I heard it in that movie, The Usual Suspect. It says, the greatest trick the devil has ever pulled was convincing the world that it didn't exist. And I believe um, in the Christian world, there is two misconceptions when it comes to the devil. One is that there's a disbelief in the existence of the devil. All around the kingdom of darkness, for them it's just pure science fiction, despite being Christians. For them it belongs to the medieval time, so it's a past. And on the other side, the wrong, there's another wrong misconception with that to attribute everything that occurs to the devil, giving credits for everything, but not taking personal responsibility. The man gets caught cheating on his wife. They ask, why, ask him, why did you cheat on me? I don't know, baby. I felt like it wasn't me. An evil spirit came on me. I don't know what's happening. I heard it before. So <laughs> some people blame everything on the devil. But um, for some of us today, even the idea that there's some kind of unseen battle, a spiritual one, going on in our life may well seem to be a crazy thought. But as we take these verses, we can see that there is often far more going on in our life that we are aware of positively and negatively. Today, I have a good news for you. God wants to equip us today to do two things. Nice. Just want to make sure he's behind me. So the first thing is to know how to defend yourself. And as we were praying earlier, I think Stuart mentioned defense and attack. I don't know if you read my scripture, but I was really happy about it. Uh, good. So the first one is to defend, how to defend, to know how to defend yourself and others, to be able to overcome and stand against the enemy attacks. And the second one, the second thing God wants to equip us with, it's to know how to attack, to know how to win ground from our enemy. The both thing, attack and defense. So. How do we do that? The first thing is to draw strength from God. The first thing to do is not to look at the devil or the demons, the demons, but to look at God and his great power. Often when, you know, when we're in the midst of the battle, we focus on what's, going, what's not going on, what's not working. Like Peter in the boat thinking of looking at Jesus and then shift his mind and start looking at the storm. Now, we need to start first, it needs to shift our focus on God. Despite being in the midst of the battle, despite struggling, first look at God. And I want to quote David, it's a good example, on 1 Samuel 17, 45, when David was facing Goliath. He said, you come against me with a sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the army of Israel, whom you have defied. David was utterly convinced that he was stronger because God was on his side. 
He knew his strength. He was drawing his strength from God. And I just want to ask you today, where do you draw your strength from? As a Christian, where are we supposed to draw our strength from? Don't answer. The answer is simple. Jesus Christ, the risen king. He is the one where we're supposed to draw strength from. In Ephesians 6.10, it says, be strong in the Lord. Don't just be strong by yourself. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is where we're supposed to rely, to rely on God. If you're in a battle right now, you could see that some of us may face a battle right now. Or maybe you, in the future we may face a battle. Then you need to know that Jesus is with you. And the battle is won, not by yours, but by God's power. Um, let me quote another scripture, uh, Psalm 18.32. David said, It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. David always knew that it's God that gave the power. We need to know that in the battle, where we're drawing our strength from is from God. If you're going from something at the moment, I don't know what it is, draw nearer to God. Look up the cross. Look on Jesus and know, quote this, that you need to be strong in the Lord, in his mighty power. In Ephesians, 6, uh, in Ephesians 1, 18, 20, it says, I pray that the eyes, of the, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know, is there, but when you, I want you to skip from there and go to 19 and say, you may know what you may know is incomparable great power for us who believe. So let God open our eyes, our, our eyes today, our heart, so we know that we have a great, great, great incomparable power in God because we are Christian. Your, your, your challenge, whatever you're going through, may be very difficult at the moment. Seems unbearable. You may think that there's no way out. But through this scripture, through this prayer, I just want God to open your eyes and see that you have a great power for us. God has a great power for us. For you, we believe that the power is the same that my, uh, is, is the, is as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead, seated him in his right hand and in heavenly realms. Victory in the battle comes first and foremost from the depth of a revelation of what Jesus has done for us. What he has done on the cross through resurrection and ascension. We are able to live in a place of victory, not based on our own efforts, but on what Jesus has done for us. He has defeated all the enemies, and all the enemies, not some of them, all of them. He has defeated sins. He has defeated fear. He has defeated death. He has defeated whatever you're going through. Jesus has defeated, and he's our king, he's our Lord. And now his crown, oops, his crown in the highest place with authority, not only on earth, but in the spiritual realm as well. Jesus is the Lord, and we have, uh, we have him as a king. So we need to remind ourselves regularly, before or during a battle, that because Jesus is won, I can overcome. Remind yourself of that. Stay with it. Let it sink in you. You might feel that there is too much to handle, that you might be, you might be and you might be right if you think it's all dependent on you, but it doesn't. Jesus 
is not only with you, he is in you. I think my brother just said it a little bit earlier. And that's lovely. Another thing on the battle, you need to recognize the devil's work. In Ephesians 6.12, it says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but who? But against the rulers, against the authority, against the power of the dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's the battle. Who are we battling for? We're not battling against people we see. We're not going to crusade again. No, that's a past and wrong. Now we're, going, we're facing spiritual forces. If you're in doubt, like I mentioned before, some Christian have misconception about the devil, please, we are Christians that base our, our facts on the Bible. If the Bible says so, there is a battle, there is a battle. And our battle is not primarily against humans, against people. We are not struggling against flesh and blood, Paul says. He's saying that there is a whole unseen world, not a physical world, but a spiritual, and it's just as real as the physical. So we are in the midst of a battle with an enemy who fights using a spiritual weapons. And Paul is telling us to be aware of this, that there's more going on that we may realize. Remember the quote I just said earlier? The greatest trick the devil has ever pulled was convincing the world that it didn't exist. So you might think that what you're going through is just normal natural. It's just happening. No, there's a battle. So for that battle, we need to put on the armor of God. Because that armor, it's a spiritual armor. So since we are in the spiritual battle, the type of protection we need is the spiritual armor. Ephesians 6, 14, 17 says, Stand firm then with the belt of the truth buckled around your waist, with the brace placed of righteousness in, the, in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that come from the gospel of, of peace. I'm reading all the armor of God. In addition of this, take up the shield of faith, which, is your, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We need to be prepared for the enemy's attack. That is why we should encourage each of us to put on the spiritual armor daily. To go out, into our re- to go out ready and protected. Like we will do for anything. During COVID, you put a mask, you san- use hand sanitizer, you get protected and ready before you go out. You, you, we used to make sure that, do I have a mask? Do I have a spare mask? If anyone needs it. Be ready, put on the armor of God. In 1 Peter 5, 8, he says, Be alert and, uh, and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowl around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have an enemy every day seeking way of attacking you. Every day. Because you are Christians. Because we have decided to give our life to God. The devil is not happy about it. The devil won't let you... Just live your life. And we can see when we watch news, when we see around, there's every laws and theology and physio, uh, philosophical uh, kind of thinking that the devil is putting forward to oppress us and to put, to put people away from God. But when we, I say about putting the armor of God, it could be a bit theological. Let me be practical. How do we put 
how do we put on the spiritual armor? First, we need to bring our life in alignment with the truth. That's the first thing to do. Be aligned with the truth, the word of God. And then, secondly, we need to pray. It's as simple as that. We need to pray. I just want to give you an example of prayer we can, we can use to, uh, that will help us to put the armor of God. It's found on the Transformed Living book. I'll quickly read it. It says, as a prayer, I put on the belt of truth around my waist. Help me, Lord, to listen to, listen to and act on your truth alone and not to be deceived by the devil's lies. I put on the, breast of righteous, the, the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that because of your redemption, I'm righteous in Christ. Help me live my life in a way that honors you. I put on the shoes of the gospel of peace. Lord, I am willing to go anywhere you ask me or do anything you ask of me. I stand behind the shields of faith, securing the knowledge of your goodness, love, and power. I place the helmet of salvation on my head. Thank you, Father, that you have saved me, and all the riches of heaven are mine in Christ. I take up the sword of the Spirit, bring your words to my mind as I need it, for the glory of your name. Amen. Please get in the habit of praying this type of prayer, something, something along those, li- those lines. It doesn't have to be word for word. Adapt it, adjust it to your personal liking, style, and situation. But take time to pray in the morning, in the evening. Take time to put on the armor of God. Take time to protect and get ready to attack if needed. Pray, for, pray it for yourself. Pray, pray it for others. Pray for it for those who close, are close to you. Pray it for your friend, for family. Pray it for the church. We need to revet, to revet the armor of God. So let's talk about this armor. The first thing we have is the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. It's important to know that the belt needs to be buckled and the breastplate to be put in place. So what does it mean? Without truth, there is no righteousness. Without truth, sin reigns. Without truth, there is no justice. Without truth, there is no salvation. Jesus said clearly in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Only through him that we may come to the Father. So the truth is Jesus, and we need to put Jesus in our waist. You know, in um, Marsha's heart, your hips around here that will secure you. You could be boxing, you could be kickboxing, you could whatever you do. If your hips are not in place, that's where you generate your power for punching. That's what you generate for power for kicking. That's how you, you'll be able to dodge any, any blow that may come for you. So the hips is very important. And when they say in the Bible, put the belt of truth, put Jesus in your waist, it's helping you to attack, to defend, to retreat, and to move because of the, hip, the, the belt of Jesus, because of Jesus being your belt. So, but it's not just enough to know about the truth. We must also live our life in accordance with the truth. And living accordance to the truth, this is buckling your belt. The breastplate, it cover and protect our vital organ, including our heart. In the same way, the vital, uh, in the same way it's vital that we wear the breastplate for our righteousness, for our spiritual righteousness as well. 
Here, when we hear the word righteousness, Paul refer, into, uh, Paul refer in justice not as something we have to attain, but as a gift that we receive through faith. Sometimes Christians can feel condemnation or a sense of guilt that they're not living up to God's high standard. But today, through faith, receive the gift of righteousness. Wear firmly the breastplate of righteousness that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When you go out, when you walk, be sure of that. So next into the armor, we have the readiness of the gospel of peace and the shield of faith. Ephesians 6, 15, 15 to 16. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that come from the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil. What does it mean to have our feet fitted to the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace? Let me take Isaiah 52 and 7. Is it there? Beautiful. How beautiful on the mountain are the feet of those who bring good news. When I was reading it, I looked at my feet. Today I'm about to bring good news, so they are beautiful. <laughs> so, and to help, uh, to those who bring and proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, proclaim salvations. It can be interpreted that the readiness to announce the good news of peace, sharing the gospel, it's, it belongs to the armor of God. Um, as Christians, we often run uh, to do st- busy li- we are bu- we, sorry, we have a busy life and we run to do things and left and right and center. But we need to be able to share the gospel in any occasions. How are you today? And your colleagues ask you, you ask your colleagues, how are you? And they're telling you, oh, I'm not really well today. Yeah, it's raining and the economy is not doing well. And as a Christian, you can take it as an opportunity. How are you? I'm doing marvelously. I said, why? What's happening? I say, and you start sharing, you know, as a, as a Christian, when I gave my life to Jesus, and you start giving him testimony. I've been blessed with this and that. I, I was in the past very worried. And then it's an opportunity for us to share the gospel as a Christian. And not in Proverbs 1.16, in the contrary, that's your position so for those feet rush into evil, they are swift to shed, to shed blood. To shed blood, sorry. The Bible is using the feet as something uh, we run toward to. It can be used to, to go and share good thing or evil stuff. We as a Christian, we need to share the good news of God, the gospel. And in this, priest, uh, in this passage, uh, there's also the shield. The shield in this passage is supposed to protect. It's supposed to protect the full length of the body from the flaming arrows of the devil. Back then, the soldier will set arrows. You know, in the medieval time, we see in many movies. None of us from that time, and they put the arrow, they set it on fire, and they use it in the battle as a tactic. Those and those arrows on today's in the spiritual world they represent doubts. They represent sickness. They represent fear, anxiety, anything that the devil can use. Those arrows can represent anything that hurts you and stop you from growing spiritually. And that's the arrows that the devil is using on a daily basis. 
It's a long distance. You don't know what's happening. You're feeling sad. Maybe you've been living with anxiety and fear, any kind of phobies and phobias you've been living with for quite a long time. It could be an arrow from the devil. And today, I want you to use the shield of faith to protect yourself. No matter what arrows that the devil is using to attack us, we need to take up the shield of faith to protect ourselves from his assault. We hold on on faith. We have to hold on, on, on our faith like a shield. We have to deliberately choose faith in all circumstances. Negative news, choose faith. Not feeling well, choose faith that I will get better. If you, your children are disobedient, choose faith. They will change. They will be good children. If you have an unsaved member in the family, choose faith and believe that God will bring them to salvation. This is the shield of faith. Whatever is going through your life, don't take it at ease, but take the word of God and use it and proclaim it and live with it. The other one, the other armor is the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. Here in Ephesians, God is giving us the helmet of salvation as a way to protect us. Most likely in the, battle key, in the battleground of our mind. Uh, the point seems clear. If our mind can stay protected, we will go a long way to winning all areas of our lives. The helmet of salvation is what God has already accomplished on our behalf. Sorry. So I just quickly want to read Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 to understand what God has already accomplished. Because when I say that the helmet of salvation is what God has done, we need to know what has he done. Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 is saying, As for you, you were dead in your transgression and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of which the world and the rulers of the kingdom of air, the spirits, who is now at work in those who are disobedient, who live among them, gratifying the craving of life. That scripture there was just talking about the devil, the kingdom of the, kingdom of the air and the spirit now is at work. That's the devil. But let's take it from four. But because of his great love for us, and this is what God has done for us, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgression. It is by grace you have been saved, and God raised us up with Christ and seated, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This is what God has done for us. We have been saved through Jesus. And this is your helmet, knowing that, that nothing can get into you. Nothing can hit your mind and change your mind that... I'm not worthy. I'm, no, God has done this for me. And every morning when we put the armor, when you put the helmet of the salvation, you can start with whatever. You can start with the breastplate. The breastplate, you can start with the shield. You can start with any weapon. But when you put it on, knowing that God is with you. God has saved us from the spiritual death, slavery, and the worth of God by his love. Mercy and grace and kindness of God in Christ. We have been saved through Christ. Through him, we have been made alive. And we have been saved for good works. That's the reason we have been saved, not just to be good, but to, to do good works that God has prepared in advance for us. The knowledge of this truth and the continual reminder of this act as a protective helmet against all forms of spiritual discouragement. Then we have the sword. 
of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is the Word that is spoken and proclaimed. Why am I saying that? Uh, spoken and proclaimed. Because the actual Greek word used here for word is rhema. And there's a lot of church named rhema. The meaning of rhema, it's an inspired word from God within our own spirit. It's a whisper from the Holy Spirit. And I ought to underline the importance of receiving the word of God. Do not use any Bible scripture or just starting to proclaim it anyhow. No. First, you need to receive the rhema, the whisper of the Holy Spirit that talks to you. And that moment, once sometimes we face situation, we're praying and we don't know what to say, we don't know. And the Holy Spirit will whisper a scripture, remind you of a song, of something, and then you hold on to it. That's your sword. That's what you need to proclaim with faith. And you use it over and over and over until victory. When you speak the word of God from your mouth with faith, it's an utterly devastating weapon against, your, against demons. The demons hate it. Let me give you a um, biblical example of someone who used the spiritual warfare and used the sword of the spirit marvelously. It's in Matthew 4, 10, Matthew 4, 1 to 10. I can see that you know where I'm going from. Jesus was taken. Um, Jesus was fasting. And as he was fasting, the Bible said that the tempter came to him. The tempter being the devil. And the devil came to him and said, like sometimes he can do to us. If you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. And the Bible said, Jesus answered, it is written. What did, you, what did Jesus use here? The scripture. It is written. Jesus straight away pulled the sword. It is written facing the devil. When you're facing the devil, it is written. You're pulling your sword to face him, to attack him. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let down the devil come again. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. You see how smart it is. He said, okay, you use, the, you use the, the scripture, I'll use the scripture too. He will command his angel concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus come back again. Jesus answer, it is also written. Do not put the Lord your God to test. And they say, again, the devil took him on the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the splendor. All this, he said, the devil said, I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Ah, that Jesus got angry. He said, away from me, Satan. At some point when it's too much, you kick him away and then you pull the sword. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. That's a nice example of our Lord using that weapon, using the sword, using the, sorry, using the sword of the, the, the sword, the word of God. Here the devil call, is called a tempter and he's using three things to tempt Jesus. The first one is asking him to break his fast. So to stop Jesus in his spiritual journey. The second one, to commit suicide. 
The third one is to deny God and worship him. Then Jesus got angry and sent them away. Why am I saying that? Why am I highlighting this? I just want to say that uh, sometimes, uh, it's just to highlight how the devil can attack us. I, I've been fasting, and often I felt like eating and stopping. Some of us may have been going through the, the feeling of committing suicide. This is an act of the devil. You need to be able to recognize those ones. And sometimes you want to stop worshiping God and praying and stop going to church and not reading your Bible anymore. Embracing maybe some other philosophical that's surrounding us. That's the devil. And that's what the devil is using to defeat us. But we need to use the word of God. What kind, whatever the kind of spiritual battle you are facing, find some verses in the Bible that will speak God's will into the situation. There is, a spiritual, there is a spiritual power behind the word of God. And it is crucial as Christian to know the scriptures. Let me say it again. It's crucial as Christian to know the word of God. We need to read it. We need to spend time on it. It's going to help us in any kind of situation. When you feel fear coming against you, declare 2 Timothy 1.7. For the spirit of God gave us... Sorry, for the spirit of God gave us does not, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but give us power, love, and self-discipline. When you, when you sense anxiety coming, declare, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. When you're in financial difficulties, declare, and my God will meet all my needs according to the riches of his glory in Jesus Christ. This is just an example how you can use the word of God in your daily battle on a daily basis. Read what God is saying about my situation. What's the Holy Spirit telling you? That rhema, that whisper from the Holy Spirit. And then when you have it, hold on to it. It could be one little word, but believe me, there's a power behind those little words. And you use it on your prayer daily, in and out, and God will see you through your battle. Let me share a quick testimony of my mom. I think eight, nine years ago, uh, she was hospitalized because she had a liver problem. Her liver wasn't function, functioning properly anymore, and it has to be replaced. It has to be transplanted. But by the time, it was difficult to find a donor. So she was waiting in the hospital. She couldn't stay at home anymore. And it was a hard time for her, for us as a children. I used to call her, how are you? I'm in England. She's in Belgium. How are you? She said, I'm fine. I'm okay. And uh, she used to say, to quote that Psalm 118, 17 all the time, I will not die. Nine years later, still hitting me. She said, I will not die, believe, and will proclaim what the Lord has done all the time. Doctor will come, nurses will come, she'll tell them, Don't worry, you'll find me something. If you don't find me something, then this one will work, we'll go back to work. God will provide. Surely enough, we found a donor. She was transplanted, and 
We live nine, nine, ten years. She's fine and well, living in Belgium, by the grace of God. But she used it. She used the sword of God. <laughs> she used it, and she used it well. And I, I remember what she made me laugh because when you get transplants, after that there was a psychologist to come and see you to help you accept that foreign body in you. And when they come the first meeting, they say, "Madam, I hope you're okay. It's okay." I say, "I'm fine." This is what God gave me. So I'm fine. This is coming from God. It was from me. That person who, 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 who died was for me to, be, to, be, uh, to, be, to, to, to receive it. And the doctor was like, oh, wow. You don't need treatment. You're completely fine. So yes. So yeah, thank God for that. Um, quickly. And then the last one is to pray. The last weapon is to pray. Ephesians 6 18, it says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kind of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. In that little verse 18, accounted prayer is quoted three times and pray in the spirit and all kind of prayers and always keep on praying. This is how you face the battle. This is how you revet the armor of God. You declare the word, you pray. You declare the word, you pray. Um, I just, in conclusion, I just want to quickly give an example of uh, Nick Wojcic. I think some of us may know it. It's someone who was born with no limbs, no arms, no legs. At a young age, he wanted to commit suicide because he was like, where am I alive? I think he was like 12 or 13. He felt rejected. But through his faith in Christ, he carry on. And now as we're talking, he's got two bachelor degrees. He's a preacher, a motivational speaker. He's someone who goes places to places. So why am I using this example? It's because what you're going through, what you're going now at the moment, what challenge you're facing, what battle we're going through, if you revert the armor of God, you will come victorious. You will become a testimony for people. You go out and maybe convert people through your battle. God might use your battle to bring people into Christ. Don't think, don't think that your battle is the end of the story. You will win. You will overcome in Jesus' name. The armor will, the armor will help us as Christians to stand firm against any Because there's a moment, there's a lot of philosophical changes in our modern society is blowing. But we need to, to stand firm and accepting, ac- uh, uh, resisting against those philosophical uh, thoughts at the moment, sorry. Um, I just want to conclude by saying that all this armor, hosey arsenal has to be worn all the time, every day, on all occasions. We need to stay alert, to keep on praying, to be persistent, and be assured that prayer works and God answers prayer. That's the devil. That's why the devil doesn't like it when you pray. So let's keep on praying. Don't stop. Stay alert. Pray for yourself. Pray for your church. Pray for Quincy, Kevin, and Dale. Pray for, for, for the people around you. Pray for your family. Pray for this country. Pray for the world. Pray. Pray, pray in Jesus' name. Amen.